Welcome to the Advisor Arena Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Malm and Josh Watson. This show is designed to share ideas and help you gain insight from some of your most successful peers. We will discuss industry news, hot topics, and challenges you may face, as well as give you some possible solutions. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started. Enhanced planning is the topic for today, and it is not just for the wealthy. Wait, you mean it's also for radio show co-hosts as well? Yeah, even you, Tony. (laughs) So welcome, everybody. It's Jamie Mom, Josh Watson. As we have shared with you in the last few episodes, we have our new co-host, Tony Shore, and we've got an awesome guest for you today. So this is episode three of our third season, and our guest today is James Worley. He is likely going to make you rethink the services you're currently providing to your clients. So I want to talk first about some terminology maybe you noticed I used there. I said enhanced planning. I didn't say estate planning because I think that can be misleading, right? We tend to think, well, estate planning is just for the wealthy and I, I don't I don't have an estate. But the fact is the majority of people would benefit from some kind of enhanced planning. And how we really mean by enhanced planning is what do you want to have happen after you're gone? What do you want to have happen with what you're leaving behind, how your family's taken care of? How do you want to avoid the hurt feelings and the fights and the family rifts that might not be repairable? And I know it's easy to say, no, 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 my family's not like that. That's not going to happen to my family. But the fact is it does. And you're never going to know how well you put in place all this enhanced planning, but your family is going to know. So. I wanna pick James's brain a little bit today about the nationwide support that he provides to advisors that really want to help their clients avoid all of this. Um, But I think maybe Josh, you and I first should talk a little bit about, you know, as an advisor, why would I even care to take this on? Obviously there's a benefit to clients, but you know, our advisors might be saying, hey, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a CPA, that's not what I do, right? Right. Now, I, it, it is very important. And if you think about it, I mean, uh, all advisors, we, a lot of us offer the same products, same services. Um, in some cases, you know, depending on who the client is, sometimes those relationships with clients are transactional. And so uh, if you're looking to deepen relationships or uh, really, if you think about it, if you want to implement multi-generational planning uh, into your practice and set your, yourself apart that way, this is the way to do that. And I think when you talk about multi-generational, uh, we're talking about the kids of, uh, of your clients. And that's very important, um, not only to do a, do a solid service for them, but also when you think about, okay, what happens to those assets after you know Mr. and Mrs. Jones pass away, this is how you retain those assets and and um, deepen your relationships with your clients. Well, and the family dynamic can be a lot different than it has been just, you know, in a, in a traditional sense. We may have blended families and we may have a lot going on there where, you know, people need help. If they feel like there is a possibility that somebody may have a disagreement on how anything is divided after you're gone, then this is something we want to have discussions about up front. Um, and certainly it can be a little overwhelming to think, where am I going to start if this is even something that I want want to provide to my clients? This is not my area of expertise. I don't have anybody local that I have to refer people to that can carry this out. So, James, I want to ask you if, if 
I'm an advisor and this is something that I, I feel like this is so important for my clients. I want to expand the services I offer. I want to provide this opportunity to my clients. You've developed a tool, right, to help advisors. How, how did that come about? Tell us a little bit about it. Well, the tool was uh, was created because if I give you a little bit of history, at one time I was doing the estate planning and sending my clients down the street to an attorney. And the attorney would do whatever work that they need to be done or they needed to do for my client. From time to time, I, f- I found out that my client was actually purchasing his products, his financial products from the uh, the attorney's cousin or brother-in-law or golfing buddy. And so I decided I need to do something different. And that's what helped create American Family Estate Preservation, as you will see today. The tool is actually a tool that helps helps the advisor to become closer to the client on a very personal basis. And it's, and it's designed to bring that advisor uh, into every family-oriented event or action that happens with that family such as incapacitation, maybe there's a death in the family. Uh, It even goes down to the fact that um, your client uh, inherits money. Maybe they sell a larger asset and they're looking to know what to do with it. They're trying to find out how do I fit this into my estate plan? If they have an estate plan, they'll be asking about that. Sometimes kids become disabled or deceased, and the estate plan has to be developed around that. These disabilities don't happen just all, uh, you know, haven't are not ongoing disabilities. Sometimes they occur in the middle of life. And so mom and dad need to be aware of how their estate is going to be distributed and how is it going to affect that disabled person or even that person who passed away. All these personal changes in life, and most most certainly the last two years of COVID has brought these to the forefront, that changes in life in families are, are at a high, time, high, high level of acknowledgement, if you will. But people are more sensitive to these things because they're seeing more and more of that. You know, so we want to make sure and help our, our advisors uh, from Gradient to become entrenched with that family so that they not only sold them the things they've always sold them, they're not only selling them additional products that they're already selling, but they're going deeper into the family um, uh, business, if you will, uh, to protect them even deeper with the products that we would offer uh, to that family through the advisors. You bring up something interesting there that, you know, over the last couple of years with COVID, I think we have all been more aware of our own mortality, but I still think people want to stick their head in the sand, right? I don't think that even though the, we're aware, I don't know that anybody wants to talk about this anymore. I think people are still like kind of pushing it aside. Like I'm going to put that off. That's you know, it's uncomfortable to have conversation on and it's kind of morbid to think about. And so we just kind of stick our head in the sand, right? And say, yeah, I don't, I'll do that, do that another time. Well, that's true. And what I found is some people think that if they talk about estate planning or life insurance or disability insurance, they're going to die. 
Well, typically speaking, those people are not our clients today. Those people will become your clients when they go to a funeral of a close friend or a relative and they see what's happening to them because those people did not have a plan. Yeah. And so while everybody is not a client today, everybody will be a client in the future, either for you or for someone else. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And I I mean, there are just some heartbreaking, famous uh, enhanced or estate planning failure, failures out there. Right. The Dale Earnhardt story is one that we've talked yeah. about for years. I think and I'm going to probably not get this exactly right. I don't necessarily follow NASCAR, but I think everybody knows that this father son team had this whole legacy that they were building up. And when Dale senior unexpectedly passed away, it was what his third wife, I think yeah. that, you know, got control of that racing company and really took control of the legacy. She and Dale jr. Didn't see eye to eye. They couldn't continue. And Dale jr. Had totally step away from this huge legacy that he and his dad were building, which you have to imagine would just have been heartbreaking for, for Dale Sr. Exactly. Marilyn Monroe is another good example. Uh, She had a, she had a trust, but it was improperly prepared by an attorney. And really when it, when the dust settled, none of her family received any of her money. And that's sad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's problems out there. Trust are not all created equally. And every attorney is not good at trust. They get basically one semester of estate planning while they're in school. Unless they specialize in it, you know, they just don't get that deeply into it. They're busy doing divorces and lawsuits and this and that and the other. And then they'll do some estate planning on the side when it, when it comes up. Most of the time, my experience is you walk into the attorney's office and you say, what do I need to do? They say, well, you need a will. And that just proves one thing. When the only tool you have is a hammer, everything, everything looks like a nail, right? <laughs> everything looks like a nail. That's exactly <laughs> right. And so we are a true trust company and our attorney has got uh, almost 50 years experience with three different Fortune 500 companies in all 50 states, currently licensed in a couple of different nations as well. So we have a very competent attorney on staff here. Plus, we utilize attorneys in each state that we deal with just to make sure that you, the advisor, and your client, who is the most important ingredient in this whole uh, in this whole picture, the most important person is that client and they are well protected. Yeah. I think you, you touched on something there where you said not every attorney specializes in this, they get a little bit of knowledge about it. And, you know, you would think that maybe an attorney would say, Hey, I don't really specialize in that. Go see somebody else. But I don't think they do. I think they, you know, just step in and they, they try to do what they think is right. And I don't know, of course, all these estate planning failures and enhanced planning failures that you read about out there. But Josh, are you a are you a Sopranos guy, Tony Soprano? Oh, yeah. Of oh, yeah. course. Yeah, I mean that's uh, well. Speaking of that, I mean that's another guy that uh, the main character of the Sopranos. He ran into the same thing. So he unexpectedly died from a heart attack. Had a will, but no trust. Um, and guess what happens? He's basically loses 40% of his estate to taxes. I think it was worth 70 million at the time. 
So that's a big hit he could have avoided just by taking the proper steps and the proper care to uh, to set up that trust. Right. And, so. and you have to imagine he had somebody advising him because he had a will. He had a trust set up for his 13 year old son. Um, but there was some real oddities there. If you read the story, like his son was just set to get everything once he turned 30, I think. I, I can't quite remember, 21, 30, somewhere in there. But it was like pretty young for a kid to just get millions and millions of dollars. And so he had this will thinking, okay, I've done the right thing. I have this will set up. And yet I, he just totally missed out on really the whole the the whole reason behind estate planning, which was let's make sure my family is taken care of. I mean, his wife only ended up with like 20% of, you know, the the value of his estate and he just got hammered with taxes. And when I read that story and I was thinking about his child, I thought, you know, most people would think solid. I've got a trust set up for my son. I've got a will in place for the rest of my family. But I think minor kids getting access is something that we've got a lot of folks that should be aware of, right? Not even minor kids, but what about when they come of age? Do we really want our 18-year-olds, our 21-year-olds, even our our 30-year-olds? I know when I talked to an estate planning attorney, one of the things that she said was, have you thought about if they get married really young, are only married for a year or two and get divorced? Do you want to protect you know, the assets that you guys have built from getting lost in a, you know, a quick marriage and a divorce. And those are really hard things to talk about and think about, but you've got to, right? You have to. And we bring those subjects up uh, and every case is specifically different. Every one of them is unique. And so I've run into a couple of cases that will address some of the things that you talked about. You said something about 40% loss of the assets due to probate. And and 37% I saw was uh, Jackie Cooper, uh, who was a, a famous actor. But the probate percentage of your estate can be as low as 3 3%. Most attorneys undershoot the cost of what probate is actually going to be. In fact, I've we actually talk about probate being a cost of about 3%. What I've seen and what I've become accustomed to is it's closer to 26%. But because the legal, legal entities out here in our real world say, well, we don't want to scare two, two people too much. We want to say 3 4%. Well, you know, if you have a $300,000 house, that's 9,000 bucks. Do you want $9,000 of your money going down the street to someone else? The answer typically is no. They don't want to do that. As far as examples of attorneys not digging deep enough, and that happens quite a bit, typically they'll say, well, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Smith, you guys passed away. You wanted to go to your three children to share equally, right? Yes. Well, that's fine and dandy. But if they're small children, we have to ask that question that your attorney, Jamie, actually brought up. So I'm really pleased to hear that that attorney did bring this up. But what would happen if that child was to become disabled and go on benefits between now and the time that mom and dad passed away or even after they passed away? We look that deeply into the trust, 
and try to help these clients to prevent those kind of travesties from occurring. Their money going out the door to a third party is not fair. And if it's not talked about, if it's not discussed, if the possibility is not revealed, then mom and dad's money doesn't go to the kids. It could go to DHS, SRS, Medicaid, somewhere else down the road. And so given the fact that every individual case is different and unique, we at this point, at this point uh, of the process, we ask those questions and we ensure that that doesn't occur. Now, today, everything may be well and good with the family. Everything is running smoothly and the beneficiary designations we put together may work. But sometime in the future, if it does, then we need to go in and make some amendments. Typically, the attorney that does your, does your trust, does your will, they take your money, pat you on the back, send you out to the door, and you're done. When do you hear from the attorney again? When you call them. We are in the process of um, changing that in the fact that we're going to be sending a newsletter out to not only our advisors, but also to our clients and, and advising them of what changes might need to be made, making sure they know where we are, where the advisor is, a little bit more advertising for that advisor to keep him or her in front of that family's name. We also want to make sure that if something does happen to someone in that family, the advisor can call us with any questions at no charge. The family can call us. We will walk through them, uh, through the situation with them without any charges. And why do we do that? I just got a letter from prepaid legal, not prepaid legal anymore, legal shield. Someone passed away. They said, well, I have legal shield. They'll help us out. I said, hey, go find out what they're going to do. And they came back and said, well, we want a $1,200 retainer, and we want $330 an hour and expect about 20 hours. That doesn't sound Ooh. like a discount to me, <laughs> but it was. That's what Legal Shield does. And so what we do is we help your client and your advisor to go through this in an advisory position. If they need some legal work done, we'll be glad to do that at a discount much cheaper than legal shield and most attorneys do. And why do we do it that way? Number one, we want you, the advisor, to be the shining example in that client's eyes. We want the advisor to be the most important person to that client. We want, your, we want the advisor to be the one that they call when anything happens in their lifetime. It could be good could be bad. Bad, of course, is disability or death, incapacitation, those kind of things, maybe nursing home. But good is when uh, a child gets a new job and they need to start their own IRA 401k. Maybe they need some more life insurance. Maybe uh, they got married, they have their own house, and now they need some estate planning. What we've noticed so far is our advisors, the typical advisor takes care of the client when they initially sell them something. They take care of that client all the way up through retirement. The client starts receiving retirement income. Maybe they sold them a Medicare supplement. Most don't, 
but some do. But then they've sold them the Medicare supplement, and that takes care of them to death. Well, what happens after death to the average advisor? He attends the funeral, and he's digging, trying to get back into the family. This process brings you to the front of the family early on, during all of these events that's going to happen in life, and then when the final bell tolls for the parents, they're brought in to say, and the big question is, mom passed away, dad's already been gone, or vice versa. What do we do next? They're going to ask that question, Mm -hmm. and they're going to ask it of someone. I think it ought to be you, their advisor, because you've been in the home already for so long. So if we have advisors listening to this and thinking, well, if they call me on that, they're probably wondering how you guys support, right? So you said you'll start some communication to clients to be more proactive and also to advisors. So maybe distinguish there because you're working and supporting advisors to actually carry this out. Because as advisors, of course, we know we don't want to be creating trusts and you know overstepping what an attorney should be doing or should be advising on. That's where you guys can come in. So give me an idea. Give me a some easy questions here that an advisor can incorporate into their normal appointment process where they can start uncovering maybe some of these opportunities to have these discussions that takes them down the path to even needing your company. Okay. Um, got several questions that I asked to uncover sales. I'm not sure if that's what you're asking or not. I think I gathered another question is, what is their job going to be? What are they? What's the expectation that advisor is to do? And then how do they become educated on how to do that part so that they can get the business to us and get it back to the client? Would that be a fair assumption? That was uh, that was a terrible job on my part. That was like the worst interview skill of all. I think I comboed like seventeen questions into one sentence. But yes, you nailed it. So okay. please continue. <laughs> Well, it's not my first rodeo. Um, Apparently it's mine. So sorry. Not yours either. You're making me feel very, very comfortable on this podcast. And I appreciate that. Uh, So let me address the job of the, of the advisor in this. Doesn't, we don't want him to be a lawyer. We don't want him to practice law. Our process is refined to the degree that if he follows a two or three page script, if you will, and we hope hope he or she will memorize it, it will carry them through providing the information to their client. So their client can make an educated decision. We have videos that are available for you to watch and listen to and practice and rewatch if you need to. But I think these advisors are sharp enough and, and going to be quick enough, they're going to pick this up really quick and they're going to, you know what they're going to say? Same thing I've heard from others advisors. I thought this was hard. I thought there was a whole lot more to this. Now, I don't know why everybody thinks that this is so hard. I don't know why everybody else is not doing it, but they're not. I would ask you, Mr. Advisor or Mrs. Advisor, when was the last some time someone contacted you and ask you, could they talk to you about estate planning? Probably the same number of times people has called you and asked you to buy life insurance or disability insurance. Probably not very often. Nobody is out there talking about this except on Facebook and things like that. I think that's the lazy man's way of doing it. 
We're going to be doing some of that because we we need to address that as an option and, and do that. And we've got the ball to roll into uh, to to do that. But nobody's really doing this. Your your competition is not doing this. You know what your competition is doing? They're talking to the people and say, well, you need some estate planning. Here, you need to go see your lawyer, whoever that may be. Or you need to go see this lawyer down the street. I know him. He'll do you a good job. Right. And they're done. And then they're going to introduce him to their golf buddies. Yeah. Then they're going to introduce <laughs> him to the golf buddy. Yeah. And I know that from personal experience. And that's the reason I'm sitting in this chair today. You well, know, and do you think that's why people don't always refer also? Because if they don't have a relationship that they feel like is going to come back to them in some way, even if it's a benefit to the client, I think advisors are worried about referring to any other you know, CPA or attorney or any other professional, because it's like, what kind of can of worms am I opening there? And that's a disservice to our clients. It is. It is. And the, the advisor must know that there's an element of trust in deal, doing business with anybody. We've been in business for 30 years and not once, not once has a client called in here that belonged to an advisor that we didn't answer the question for that advisor, for that client, and then refer that information and that client back to the advisor. The, the advisor is our golden goose. We want to help that advisor to go do a whole lot more of what he or she's already doing. And if he does that, we grow. Right. And if we trust them and we take care of them and they take care of their clients within that same trust culture, Everybody wins, most especially that client. So, okay, so you did a really good job there of addressing one of my many questions, which was, how does the relationship work? So ultimately, we want you know the advisor, like you said, to be the shining star. We want them to have the relationship to go deeper with their clients. But you and your company and your attorney, you guys are the ones that are working behind the scenes to actually carry all of this out, get set up what needs to be set up. Make yes. sure that things get funded. That's a common mistake, right? We set everything up, got the trust set up, and then mm -hmm. shoot, nobody helped us actually fund it. So that shell sat there and did nothing for us. Right. <clears throat> that did, I didn't do that. That's, that's not, exactly what it me. is. It's a shell. When you have a trust and it owns nothing, you have nothing. Mm -hmm. Because when you die, what you own goes through probate. 98% of everybody, I don't want to say 98% because I'm sure there must be somebody out there that's properly funding the trust. But Mr. and Mrs. Advisor, when you do the trust with us, we are going to file the auto, we're going to file the home into the trust. We're going to send letters to the banks, to the insurance companies, to the annuity companies. We're going to contact the Bureau of Public Debt for those savings bonds. If it has a title deed or an account number, we're going to address it. Typically anymore, across the nation, cars are not put in there. Uh, but there's avenues around that. And it's a little extra step outside of what we normally do. Uh, in Oklahoma, we do put those in there because we are not a lien holder state. But come January the 1st, we can't do it here either. But we are going to follow up and put all of those assets in that trust. Your clients are going to sign the letter, a beneficiary change, the assignment form, whatever's necessary. We're going to provide them, and the advisor is going to tell them why they're doing all of this, why they're signing that. Then that advisor is going to send that paperwork back to us, 
We don't even want the advisor mailing it out. I want our office to mail it out because now I am sure, I am positive that every one of those letters went to where they needed to go. We're going to file it. We're going to pay for the filing fees, and we're going to make sure it's done properly at that at the courthouse. And it's so an incredible resource. It really is. Think, I think it needs to be done top to bottom, inside out, completely. Yep. And I can see where there's a lot of missteps there, right? If you didn't have a professional company, an expert in this in this field to know exactly what needs to happen, in what steps, what are some of the mistakes that people make, that's probably why people don't do it. It's not that it's hard. It's that it's a lot of work and there's a lot of steps that have to be carried out and probably people are looking at this thinking, well, I don't want to be responsible for that. So, you know, yeah, it'd be great if I could deepen my relationship with clients and I could provide something that really helped them and their families. But uh, yikes, that sounds like a lot. So here you guys are able to provide that back-end support, which I think is awesome. Let me tell you, can I take, can I share two war stories with you? Yes. One's not good. One's really good. Uh, The one that's not good is going to make everybody feel good that, that, took care of their clients so they wouldn't happen. We had an attorney to do a trust for uh, the mom, no husband involved. He was deceased. The daughter was the beneficiary. Mom died. This attorney was the trustee of the trust. The day he got death certificate, he transferred everything to that daughter. Any problem with that? One problem, the trust was five years old. The daughter had been disabled receiving government uh, medical benefits and income for 17 years. They didn't look past their nose. Soon as that those assets went into the daughter's name, the first of the next month, her benefits stopped. Cut off. Mm. Cut off. That's a bad part of doing trust if they're not done properly. All trusts are not created equally. The second war story that I think your advisor is going to like and it encompasses a couple of different situations. We did a trust for mom and dad in this family over here, mom and dad in this family over here. Their kids got married, had families of their own. This mom and dad passed away, left their assets to their children. This family passed away and left their assets to their children. All went smoothly. But when this daughter received stuff from her mom and dad, and this son received uh, assets from his mom and dad, all of a sudden, we had a $6 million estate. So we had done him a trust five or six years ago. Now, mom and dad pass away. He calls me up and says, I've just inherited 6,000 acres of land, about $2 million in cash, and I don't know what to do with it so that it is it, 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 taken care of inside my trust. I said, we're not going to answer this question on the phone. I'll come down and see you. So I go down to see him. The ultimate story is we're, we're, we have an application going in uh, to uh, with one of our advisors. I wish it was me, but it was one of our advisors, $2.95 million in cash. He has 3,000 more acres of land valued about $30,000 an acre. That's one thing because Mom and dad died, went to, that were our clients. Their kids became our clients. And now their kids are receiving that money and they're investing with us. If I had not been in there with the trust, who would they have called? Is Edward G. 
Edward, his Edward, Edward Jones guys who he had to call. Yep. He wouldn't call me. He wouldn't call the lawyer. He's going to call the guy that helped him with all of that. And he wants to know, how do I put it? Where do I put this? How do I do this so that it stays within the confines of my trust? That's a good story. We did another one. Dad passed away. Mom's left $250,000 with Raymond James. Our advisor picked that up. He didn't even know they had it. He was an advisor, came on just recently, and he had already, he says, I've already got all their money. And I says, okay, good. Then she calls the office one day. And she says, my husband's got $250,000 in an IRA over here, and I don't know what to do with it, and, and I want it to stay in our trust. How, how do I do this? Well, it wasn't my client, so I called John Doe, the client, or the agent, up and said, this is what's going on. And I told her we need to talk to her about it, what she needed, what she wants. How can that money help her move on through life? He collected $257,000 and put it into his uh, investment account, wherever he has that. And so we've got three of those cases right now going on in our office from different advisors, just like you. Yeah, I can definitely see how this is helpful. And hopefully we have some advisors that are listening today that are thinking, you know, this is really something that I want to know more about. Obviously, if you've been at some of our most recent trainings, you've uh, seen some of the training materials that we've most recently put out there on enhanced planning. If you need a refresher, if you haven't gone out there at all, if you go to your portal, log in, go to Basecamp, and under the gradient financial column, lower right hand, um, you're going to see the enhanced planning modules. You can click on that. There's four training modules. We have uh, an internal JD. He's a non-practicing attorney that's here to answer advanced planning questions. He can help with some of the education for you as the advisor. But ultimately, if this is something that you're going to bring to your clients, you're going to have to have a resource, somebody like James and his company to actually help you carry this out, which is why I'm so excited, James, that you could join today because I think it's an awesome resource, one I'm definitely going to be using as an advisor, and I know we're going to have others that want to use it. So how should people get in contact with you if they want more info? Okay, I'll give you that. Let me add, let me add one more thing to my uh, long-winded spiel here. What would an advisor say to someone to get their attention? Let me end it by saying, Mr. Advisor, Mrs. Advisor, ask the people this question. Who do you know that wants to go through probate? The answer is nobody. Who do you know that wants to lose their assets to Medicaid? If you don't know what that looks like, let us know. We'll, we'll give you that information of how you can keep your clients from losing all their assets to Medicaid. Who would like to reduce and eliminate taxes? You're already doing that. And who do you know that wants to protect your assets from loss to a third party? And I'm going to open up another avenue for you. Who do you know is that is a veteran? We're going to open up that marketing uh, environment to you as well. And remember this, the questions I just asked, those people, your clients are going to find the answers from somewhere, from somebody. I'd like to suggest that it would be you. Now, if you'd like to contact us, our email address is info, I-N-F-O, at mylivingtrust.org, M-Y, livingtrust.org, info at mylivingtrust.org. Again, 
They're going to find the answer to those questions. I suggest it ought to be you, not only your new clients, but you got a book of business there and they're searching for those questions as well, for those answers. That's 100% right. And thank you so much again, James, for joining Josh and Tony. As always, thank you for joining Tony. I hope you feel so included in this. Like we said at the beginning, radio show hosts can benefit from enhanced planning. So you're good. We've got you. And And thank you you for the opportunity, Jamie. Of course. Of course. And as always, if you want to reach Josh and I, do so by emailing the advisor arena at gradientib.com. We'll be back next week. Thank you.